So welcome along to this edition of Sermon Expanded. Um, you'll notice it's a slightly different uh, tone today, um, a different voice that you will recognise. And uh, it's me, Tim, doing uh, today's, and we're talking about my uh, sermon that I gave last week on the 15th of July. Um, so you'll have to put up with me um, for the next... 15 minutes or so um, but it's really good to have you along if you're listening hopefully we'll have a blessed time so let's pray together um, as we start God help us listen to your voice help us um, listen to your heart and may our hearts and minds be changed as we look at your word and we discover what you have uh, inside of that to teach us in Jesus name we pray Amen so today we're looking at what it means to be really a light in this world, a blessing to others, an example to others, and an influence in our communities that we belong to. I thought I uh, also would uh, use the opportunity to talk uh, about a few aspects of the work that I've been doing, um, and then we're going to get cracking into it. So just to really say, it's been a great time um, getting to know this community more and more. Uh, working in the school, working in the, with the community centre um, and just having a good time um, getting to know kids and young people and older people in this community. Um, and it, it all links into this talk that we're looking at um, today. And just a few things that are coming up that I'm excited about um, would be the football club that's been going on, great, great ministry down um, in the park. Um, with uh, nearly about 40 kids um, just coming and playing football um, and their parents and just looking out for them and being there and supporting them and everyone being together in community it's been wonderful J team's on in a couple of weeks time from the 4th uh, of August 6th sorry um, and that's going to be a really good time of ministering to kids um, and really just helping them discover what it means to be a Christian um, but we're going to move on now um, and we're going to look at this reading and the reading is from Matthew 5 and um, it's a familiar stage and uh, topic of um, from from the scriptures um, and I'm picking it up at verse 11 and that's just after um, the Beatitudes as they're known and it's really just talking about uh, the blessings and the, the blessedness that a disciple should be and should have um, but I'm going to read the reading and then I'm going to go into a bit of an intro. So the reading says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We thank God um, for his, his word. So we're looking at what it means to be a light in this world, a blessing to others, an example to others. 
and influence in our communities that we belong to. The Beatitudes are um, eight declarations of blessedness spoken by Jesus at the beginning of the Sermon of the Mount, each beginning with blessed are or blessed are. It is debated as to exactly how many Beatitudes there are. Some say seven, some say nine, some say ten. Um, the Greek word translated blessed means happy or blissful, or literally to be enlarged. In the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus uses the word to refer to more than a superficial happiness. In this context, blessed refers to the state of spiritual well-being and prosperity. The happiness is a deep joy of the soul. Those who experience the first aspect of beatitude, poor, mourn, meek, hungry for righteousness, merciful, pure, peacemakers and persecuted, will also experience the second aspect, kingdom of heaven, comfort, inherit the earth, filled, mercy, see God, called sons of God, inherit the kingdom of heaven. The blessed have a share in salvation and have entered the kingdom of God, experiencing a foretaste of heaven. Another possible rendering of the beginning of each beatitude is, Oh, the blessed of. The beatitudes describe the ideal disciple and his rewards, both present and future. The person whom Jesus describes in this passage has a different quality of character and lifestyle than those still outside the kingdom. As a literary form, the beatitude is also found often in the Old Testament, especially in the Psalms. And really, uh, the sermon on Sunday was picking up on a little, a little line or two at the end of the Beatitudes. And it's really talking about how, as a disciple, we should be different. We should set ourselves apart, or even we do, by saying we are Christians. So the first line that I'm going to pick up on is, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Jesus gives the Christian both a great compliment and a great responsibility when he says that we are the light of the world because he claimed that title for himself as he walked on this earth. In John 8 verse 12 uh, it says when Jesus spoke again to the people he said I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. And in John 9 verse 5 he says while I am in the world I am the light of the world. So Jesus didn't challenge us to become salt or light. He said that we simply are. So either we are fulfilling or failing the responsibility that we've already been given. And that responsibility that he gave to himself, that he was himself, he passed it on to us. So again, a great compliment and a great responsibility. Light of the world means that we are not only light receivers, i.e. from Jesus, but also light givers. We must have a greater concern than only ourselves, and we cannot live only for ourselves. We must have someone to shine to and do so lovingly. Very often um, we hear people saying, and maybe you're one of the people that says, Oh, but my faith is private. I just like to keep it to myself. And I believe here in this passage that Jesus is making it very clear that he doesn't want 
our lives to be like that and indeed our lives as Christians cannot be like that and I ask myself if I ever think of that myself um, why would I want to keep it to myself think of it this way if we hear good news we share it if we find a new lovely coffee shop in the in the city or on the Belmont Road we tell people about it if we go on holiday and the resort is amazing we come back and we tell people about it if we watch a new series on TV and it excites us we tell people about it if we experience the love of Jesus and get filled with that light in our darkness we should then tell people about it our lives should show people about it Spurgeon said Christ never contemplated the production of secret Christians Christians whose virtues would never be displayed pilgrims who travel to heaven by night and never be seen by their fellow pilgrims or anyone else The figures uh, of salt and light also remind us that the life marked by the Beatitudes is not to be lived in isolation. We often assume that those inner qualities, the blessedness that we talked about at the start, can only be developed or displayed in isolation from the world because the world is such a dark and evil and awful place. But Jesus wants us to live these out before the world and amidst the world together in the world with everyone it's a hard challenge but it's what we're called to do a light is first and foremost something which is meant to be seen the houses in palestine were very dark with only one little circular window perhaps not more than 18 inches across the lamp was like a sauce boat tiled with oil with the wick floating in it it was not so easy to rekindle a lamp in these days before matches existed. Normally the lamp stood on the lampstand, which would be no more than a roughly shaped branch of wood. But when people went out for safety's sake, they took the lamp from its stand and put it under an earthen bushel measure so that it might burn without risk until they came back. The primary duty of the light of the lamp was to be seen. So then Christianity is something which is meant to be seen. There can be no such thing as secret discipleship. For either the, the secrecy destroys the discipleship or the discipleship destroys the secrecy. A man's Christianity should be perfectly visible to all men. Further... This Christianity should not be visible only within the church. A Christianity whose effect stops at the church door is not much use to anyone. It should be even more visible in the ordinary activities of the world. Our Christianity should be visible in the way we treat a shop assistant across the counter, in the way we order a meal in the restaurant, in the way we treat our employees or serve our employer, in the way we play a game or drive or park a car, in the daily language that we use, in the daily literature which we read, in the daily television that we watch. A Christian should be just as much a Christian in the factory, the workshop, 
the office, the schoolroom, the surgery, the kitchen, the golf course, the coffee shop, the playing field, as he or she is in church. Jesus did not say you're the light of the church. He said you're the light of the world. And in a person's life in the, in the world, their Christianity should be evident to all. When we think of us at the top of the hill and at Garnerville, um, maybe the imagery strikes harder. Do we shine at the top of this hill for the people of Garnerville and Mount Nagori? Or do we try to hide our light by the confines of these four walls? And so wherever you're listening from, if, uh, if anyone is listening from outside Garnerville Church, I urge you to be more involved with church if you can be. Play your part in shining the light of the community that you're part of. Offer to help out, become a volunteer, practically help. But also, in your personal life, set an example in all of your life in grace and love and patience so that when people spend time with you, they want some of what you've got. I often... um, when we see people that are in a great mood or excited or bubbly we go well I want what you've got or I want what you've had this morning for breakfast in the same way as Christians as lights we should be people that people want to be like and if you look at the news or social media at the minute I don't think we're doing a great job about it and that doesn't mean conforming to the world it just means being light of Christ, being loving, being full of grace, being patient and kind. And that is what we are called to do. And so as we come to the end of uh, Sermon Expanded today, I want to look at another little pa- uh, line from the passage. It says that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Just to put that in a slightly bigger context for you. In the same way, let your shine, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So why do we do this? to be built up, to be glorified, to get attention for people to fill the pews of our churches. No, the purpose in letting our light shine by doing good works is so that others will glorify God, not so others will glorify ourselves. Spurgeon again said, the object of our shining is not that men may see how good we are, nor even see us at all, but they may see grace in us and God in us and cry, what a father these people must have. So we need to do this as an example for the people that we are in community with in our lives, our family, our friends our church, uh, fellow church goers. But to put this um, in a little bit of context, I know and I, I, I struggle myself sometimes doing this um, 
because people don't want to be treated well sometimes. One of the uh, Beatitudes says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. We will be blessed when this happens. We will be ignored. We will be abused, looked at, smirked at. We think about a worldly context that people are being killed for shining their lights. So we must remember that we do this for him, God, and not us ourselves the Christian never thinks of what they have done but of what God has enabled them to do they never seek to draw the eyes of men to themselves but always to direct them to God so long as people are thinking of the praise and the thanks the prestige which they will get for what they have done they have not really even begun on the Christian way so we aren't nice to be liked we don't love to be loved we don't do the favor to be thanked we don't smile to be appreciated we don't give to be held in high regard we do these things to glorify our father in heaven and maybe just to finally close and bring this uh, to an end you might be thinking well how am I going to shine my light more and I really want to at risk of repeating myself really urge you to step up in church to volunteer to to ask if you can help in any way to become a, a youth or a children's leader and um, to practically help when we um, advertise ways to do that to come along to the connect group which will continue and I and also I can't reiterate enough that in a personal capacity with the people in your life be an example be a light people watch and people see what we are doing as Christians and they judge so let us do these things to bless others to encourage others to invite others but most of all let's do this to glorify our father in heaven so i pray to god god as we leave um this little podcast or audio that we do so with our light shining bright with you as our focus with a new passion to be an example to the people in our lives and I pray this in Jesus' name. And I pray that you have a blessed day or evening, and um, wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Um, and hopefully you'll come back again next time to listen to Servant Expanded. Um, and it will be the usual North Coast dulcet tones of the Reverend Jolly. Um, so thank you for listening. And I'll see you all soon. <laughs>